Welcome to Naturopathy Today. Your hosts are Dr. Michael Schwartz and Steve Langford. Join them as they guide you on a journey to good health through holistic naturopathy. Now here are Michael and Steve. Hi, and welcome back to another informative, exciting, terrifying, stimulating, hopefully, session of Naturopathy Today. I'm Michael, your co-host, and I'm with my bud, Steve Langford. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Michael. How are you? I'm real good. You know, last week, we started to get into a little bit about stress, and I really thought about it this week. And... I try to minimize my stress by having what I call a casual attitude about everything. And because some people say, you know, how can you maintain such calm and, and, you know, with everything that's going on and say, well, part of me doesn't plug into it. You know, one of my favorite pieces of spiritual writings is the gospel according to Thomas. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. I haven't read it. I I've heard you mention it, but I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, it's uh, these were writings that were found in, in out in the desert, not not the Dead Sea Scrolls, but these were found in Egypt in Quan Ram, I believe is how it's pronounced. And these are written during Thomas was alive during Jesus's time. And he was one of his brothers. And so he recorded them. And basically, these are things that Jesus taught when he was alive versus the new gospels, which were written 70 years after his death. So oh, it, interesting. It really is. And and what is even more interesting is that somebody told me that the church considers it heresy. And go figure. At any rate. <laughs> And, and part of maybe because the very first teaching and it, and there is a correlation in Matthew, but I don't remember where it is, although I do have it in my notes somewhere, that the very first teaching is whoever shall find the explanation of these words shall not taste death, which is a big difference than the way man teaches religion. So, and it is in Matthew. I just don't remember where. Anyway, what I flashed on was the teaching number. I think it's 42. And that is be passers-by. And when I thought about that, because I have done what I would consider interpretations of what the teachings mean. You know, because the whole thing about having eyes to see, ears to hear. I mean, was everybody deaf and dumb? and blind what you know what did jesus really mean by that and so i had to really think about that and then there was a passage in ezekiel where god talks to ezekiel and says something to the effect of you know man is blind he refuses to see and refuses to hear and his heart has dulled waxed or something i don't you know i'm not a good paraphraser <laughs> at any rate <laughs> It made me stop and think and question, which is where I think I've developed my perspective and my questioning and my challenging the way that I have. At any rate, being a passerby means on some levels, don't get plugged in. And look at how many times there are situations where there'll be 
two people arguing and a guy will come along or a woman will come along and say, hey, hey, stop your fighting. Don't stop. Stop hitting. Stop. And then before you know it, that person ends up beat up and or dead because they, <laughs> in, got, they inter, you know, interfered in that transaction that was going on. I don't know if well, you ever- I'll tell you, Michael, uh, this this idea of stress, of course, been around for a long time and we've heard a lot about how nutrition plays a role in it um and one of the things that i know you're all about is how people think affects what they do and so you know i've made a practice for many years trying to mitigate my own opportunities to be stressed out and i have found that if i do certain things that I'm able to reduce my stress level just by how I react to things. As an example, I have learned not to let other people determine how I'm going to feel. And when I encounter something that might normally get me upset, somebody cuts me off in traffic or somebody says something rude to me, my go-to self-talk says, if that's as bad as it gets, I'm in good shape. So I will save my worry, my stress, my anger for those things which may be important enough to justify them. Therefore, all the little irritations of the day can be dissipated very easily just by recognizing that I don't have to let that little thing change my state if I choose not to. And that one little thing has made my life a lot better over many years just by looking at life a little bit differently and not taking it on, not absorbing that energy because I don't have to. And if I don't have to, why should I? So maybe that'll be helpful to some of our listeners. Absolutely. Let's hope so. Let's, you know, because that's fabulous advice. It's a great approach. And it just makes life better. Fundamentally yes. better. Yes. You know, we, in our conversations, we talk about, and especially I do more, about the emotional <laughs> effects on the body. And yet, if you go online, you know, maybe even to Mayo Clinic or some of the health sites that you and I would have a tendency to look at, there is this information there to some degree i mean maybe they don't see everything the way that i see it but certainly that information is is coming more and more to the forefront and i think in time and this is something i would like to do is train naturopathic physicians also allopathics would benefit as well from really understanding the emotional component but these are things that i came across as And the headline was some of the psychological and emotional signs that you're stressed out include depression or anxiety, which we've talked about. And depression could be tied into the low blood sugar, the stress, you know, of the adrenals, anger, irritability, restlessness, feeling overwhelmed, you know, doubt and fear, unmotivated, a lack of magnesium and panathenic acid and unfocused you know it's like when you do get overwhelmed sometimes it's hard to concentrate trouble sleeping or too much sleeping and when you're sleeping too much that's a form of withdrawal 
you know, again, that goes back into the feeling overwhelmed. I can't handle everything that's going on. So the best thing to do is avoid it. And, you know, some people do drugs, alcohol, sex, rock and roll, just to avoid dealing with life. Racing thoughts or constant worry, problems with memory or concentration, and making bad decisions. All of those are signs that you're really stressed out. Isn't that fascinating? Well, it really is fascinating because as we've been doing this on stress uh, lately, it reminds me of the importance not only of how we think and how we respond to life and how you know we should have gratitude for the blessings that we have, but that it is very difficult sometimes to actually bring those thoughts and emotions about when we are nutrient deficient. And so it's yep. maybe we want to think better, but if we're not well nourished, it's going to be hard for our body to function in a way that is more positive, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. And the connection between those two, that you can't be healthy without the minerals and you can't be healthy without healthy thinking. It's a connection that if more people made those that that made that connection, they would be more successful at managing their stress and their anxiety and their depression and not be so quick and dependent on medications as a way to fix it, which actually you and I know don't fix it. They just mask it, help people power through, but it's not solving the problem because it hasn't gotten to the foundations of, of nutrition and spiritual and, and emotional health. And you have to have them all. It's another thing that, that attracts us to this concept of naturopathy. Body, mind, spirit, all yeah. interwoven. You know, it, But it, you need yeah. them all. Yeah, you can't absolutely. just have one. Yeah. You can't just have one and expect to be fully successful. And that's part of the message is expand your thinking into how to order your life. You know, I think in, in around the world these days that our focus is on material acquisition, material wealth. We think that the money is going to make us happy. Money makes life easier, but it doesn't solve the issues. And right. the only thing that will is really climbing inside your head, doing an examination of the concepts of the way you look at things. You know, the teaching in the Bible is take the speck out of your own eye before you see the moat in your brothers. You know, you're looking through your own belief system and you got to clean that up. You got to know how you're seeing everybody else so that you can make true assessments. It's fascinating. You know, well, we don't have power to change other people we nope. just have the power to change ourselves and one of my wife's favorite sayings is the more i change the way i think the more things change around me even though nothing has changed it's just her perceptions and the way she thinks about things and by choosing to think about them differently reject the negative and embrace the positive has actually been a very fundamental exercise in learning how to look at life differently. It's perspective. It's the same life for her day to day, but how she 
responds to it, how she feels, how it affects her, has all changed because she has diligently worked on her own thought processes. And to and me too, as, as a couple and as individuals, we have found that the way we perceive and think things, and it's a practice. It's not mm -hmm. something that just happens because you want it to. You have to go, well, I reject that emotion and I'm going to choose differently. And over time, you can actually, I think, remap these automatic responses that we often have. And that's been our experience, that you do have this power to reshape the way you think, which will affect everything around you, how you feel, how you behave, and I think probably make your body work better as well. Absolutely. And I like a term that you used because it made me flash on something. You said map a new, a new way of looking at things and thinking about things. And that's the beauty of having eyes to see and ears to hear, because mm -hmm. it's like road signs on a highway. You know, you know what your destination is, so to speak. And yet you're, you know, you'll be driving, you'll see soft shoulder ahead, curve ahead, uh, work on, you know, railroad crossing coming ahead, stoplight ahead. So when you're in your car driving, you have all kinds of signs helping you stay on the road and not run in, not have an accident, not run into problems. Your mind does the same exact thing, except most people don't know how to read the highway signs of life, of their mm -hmm. life. And that's why it's so vital to really learn to look at things differently. Learn to, you know, I tell in my, in my writings, and in some of my consults, depending upon who it is, I'll say, look, create a personal dictionary, okay? Because you know there are certain things that maybe one of the kids say, because kids know your hot buttons by the time they're four or five, they've got you down <laughs> pat, you know? But some of your buds may say some things to you that affect you, that bother you. Make a dictionary, you know, when I hear this, it makes me feel inadequate. When I feel inadequate, then I seek to overcompensate. When I see this glance, it makes me feel insecure. And because I feel insecure, I may go get a drink. I may get go get a, a banana split. I may. So my point is, is that there are certain things that you see and hear that trigger you. And ideally, if you can learn to read what those are, then that helps you remap your responses to that kind of stimuli so it no longer has an effect. All right. Well, I think part of the challenge is for people to figure out how to go about doing that. And I'm hoping that they're taking some of those lessons from what they hear here on our podcast. I would hope so, too. You know, one of the things that I tell my clients, and it's in my books, and when I do lectures, like like this one, <laughs> is that on a blank sheet of paper, you know, put down the things that aggravate you. And on the right, on the left-hand column, on the right-hand column, why does it bother you? And where did you learn that from? Or who did you learn that from? But the first thing is, why does it aggravate you? You know, like for me, and I may have used this example before, 
is I drive very fast. No ifs, no ands, no buts. I my my right foot is the bottom of it is made of lead. So when it sits on the gas pedal, you know, I'm going to speed. There's no so what makes me angry, if that's a good word, is that when I'm in the left-hand lane and I have somewhere to go and I want to get there in a hurry, it's the guys who are the speed limit is 70, they're doing 69 or 70. And yes. <laughs> okay. Move and, them over. <laughs> you know, and they won't, and they don't. And if you, you know, if you try to pass them, and I've had people do this, it's like as soon as you try to pass them, they start speeding up. Yeah. Because you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to move over to the middle lane to try to get by them because and or the right lane, you know, right hand lane, and they'll speed up so that they won't let you go by. Those kinds of things aggravate me. So then I think about, well, why, you know, what's that about? So part of it is I feel this internal drive to get things accomplished. So that's number one. Where did I learn that? Well, I learned that at home from my mom. The fast driving, my mom. And so, you know, and then that takes me to, well, what am I trying to accomplish? And I guess on some level, quote unquote, be successful, whatever that means. So it's learning to learn self is a is a series of sequential questioning not taking the first answer that comes along because the human mind is beautiful it can rationalize justify and come up with a logical reason why but you have to go beyond that yep and and i guess it would probably be fair to say that you know this person in front of you who's maybe even passive aggressive in his approach the challenge is not just to get around him, but to change your perception of that moment so that you can, I'm in this situation, I'm behind a guy who doesn't get it, but I don't have to be angry about it. I don't have to lay on the horn. I can manage my emotions while trying to solve my dilemma, which is get around him so I can get where I'm going in time. But it's how we respond to those challenges that start to intrude upon our our calm our anxiety and all of those things so it seems that it's it's all of these things together which again it brings us back to our concepts of this show is that it's all of these things that make up part of a healthy uh, response and a healthy life and to see challenges as a personal affront is you know, this is what makes people angry. Seeing a challenge as something that you know you're capable of dealing with and overcoming, that puts a more positive spin on it. I don't know if it works in the case for you when you're behind this slow driver, <laughs> but, you know, hey, we all got something to learn out of this, I think. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, one of the things I have learned, because one of my, what I used to do, I try not to do that anymore. What I used to do, and I've stopped doing, based on advice from my wife, and that is, I would flash my lights, which is the appropriate thing to do. Mm -hmm. you know, having been an old road warrior, it's kind of like the courtesy of the road. You know, right. as a salesman, you don't make money sitting in the car. You only make it when you're in the store presenting. So you'd flash your lights to, you know, and, and people who are road conscious and understand road etiquette will get out of the way. They'll move over. And so my wife said to me, don't flash. 
because you don't know how the driver in front of you is going to take it these days because people are crazy. They may That's develop true. road rage and you don't know if they've got a gun with them or not. I know it's a sad state of affairs that we are feeling that way, but you're absolutely right. Your wife was right. <laughs> you know, so, so that's helped me calm down. <laughs> so yeah. other things, I like what your wife said, and here's some things that, that I found on tips for healing. And again, I don't know if it's from the Mayo Clinic or where, because if one, they had the warning signs of emotional stress or so the heaviness in the chest, increased heart rate, blood pressure, chest pain, uh, neck pain, back pain, general body aches, shortness of breath, dizziness. So what they say is practice self-compassion. You're not broken. You just, you know, you. we all come from a place. Let me rephrase that. We all try to come from a place of understanding and emotional control because when the emotions get out of control, you know, one of the examples I use is sometimes you'll you'll watch a movie you'll get so involved in the movie so emotionally touched your eyes will well up the same thing happens in anger you get so your eyes you know you can cry out of hate and anger and what's interesting that when you're overly emotional on either end of the spectrum your perception is distorted. Hmm. You have tears in your eyes. You cannot see clearly. So it's always good to try to come back to that center. We're not broken. We're just in places and in situations that we don't truly understand what's motivating us and or why we are drawing it to us. Because the teaching in the Bible is, ask and you shall receive. Well, people think, well, you know, God, Lord, Shiva, Buddha, Zoroaster, send me some. Did I leave somebody else? <laughs> send me some money. <laughs> I'm I sure. Pay my rent. <laughs> and <laughs> what's really happening is that your deeper mind is doing the asking and it's sending out electromagnetic waves because everything's made of atoms. Everything has an energy and an electromagnetic. You're either drawing to you what you need or you're repelling what you need or and or drawing to you what is detrimental <laughs> and in some cases you know so you're not broken you just may not completely understand everything that's going on don't go it alone share you know voice you got something bothering you talk about it with your partner find someone to communicate with and they also said journaling is a great suggestion um, because you can really, you know, express your feelings in a book that no one else may ever read, but at least you get it off your chest. And the one I liked the best was, I'm not the best, but I like, you may not like the pain that you're in, but maybe you're afraid to work on emotional healing because you're afraid of what you might find in the process. Mm. And I thought that was very powerful because I think everybody thinks that they're bad, mean, ugly, lazy, stupid, you know, something is not right. All of us have those kinds of deep buried thoughts. And I, I often use an example of if you want to learn and see programming at work, follow a mom around 
the supermarket with kids that are not well behaved. And you may hear things like, you know, you're such a mess. You're, you're so, don't touch this. Don't touch that. Sit still. Stop doing this and stop doing that. And boy, when I get you home. And so the child is being programmed that it's unruly. It, it can't sit still. It's not allowed to touch this. It's not allowed to want that. So we are living computers that are being programmed by our culture, our parents, our society. And until we gain, until we can get hold of the software, which is very deep within, that's where the changes need to make, be made within. Anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> well, I think it, it brings it back to me, you know, the start of this conversation in these past two weeks, you know, we were talking about the importance of minerals. And it brings me back to the idea that your brain, like your body, is not going to function well if it's not adequately nourished or if it's flooded with detrimental compounds like too much sugar or too much whatever, you know, alcohol, drugs, whatever we're flooding our bodies with that aren't beneficial, that's going to affect our ability to implement these things in a mental, emotional, and spiritual plane. And so you got to have all of that. And I think that's kind of my takeaway from this discussion of minerals was not just that and minerals are important, but they're so important for these kinds of emotional stress-related issues. Absolutely. And if we don't meet our needs on all fronts, we're going to be less successful. And, you know, that just takes me back to better choices lead to better outcomes. And so seek to make these better choices. And over time, you will see those benefits from Absolutely. seeking that which is good and avoiding that which is detrimental on all those levels. Absolutely. Good food, good thoughts, turn off the news, don't watch things negative, don't be around negative people truly make the effort because all of that works all of the negative the junk food the fast food all of that works against your body it ages you quicker it it takes away your inspiration it takes away your vitality and you set the stage for disease and a premature unnecessary death on some levels anyway that's it for me steve i look forward to seeing you next week and, all right uh, well next week i'm not sure what we'll cover but it'll be something <laughs> it'll be something interesting no doubt it always is to me i'm sure it is to our listeners as well so um, i look forward to it michael thanks for all listening right. folks have a good one take care thank you for listening to naturopathy today sponsored by mnp michael's naturopathic programs at michaelshealth.com Join us every Monday for the latest episode in this journey to excellent health on all levels. <music>